0: You are
1: listening to I Am Refocused Radio with your host, Shamaya Reid. This show is designed to inspire you to live your purpose and regain your focus. And now here's your host, Shamaya Reid.
2: Hey, welcome to I Am Refocused Radio. We are here once again. And today we have another episode for you all. We're going to be talking about a book called Story Intelligence. And it's by the authors Richard Stone and Scott Lemonwood. Today, we're going to be talking to Richard Stone. So I just want to welcome him to i Refocus Radio and say, how are you doing today, sir?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it.
2: And this is going to be fun because especially in these times right now, a lot of people are trying to find the purpose and finding meaningful drive and living their lives because so many people out there just don't know their purpose. They don't know what they're supposed to be doing with their life. But your book that you co-author, Story Intelligence, you, you kind of unpack that for everybody. You, you help people understand through stories, you can find the meaning of you know who you're supposed to be, your, your whole purpose for your life. So before we dive into the book, tell the audience a little bit about Richard Stone.
1: Okay, well, I appreciate that. Uh, I've been working with storytelling for over 30 years now. And uh, for me, the journey started. uh, Interestingly, uh, I was on an airplane. You have to be careful who you sit next to if you're traveling, because (laughs) the conversation might change your life. And in in this case, it did for me. I was uh, traveling back from a backpacking trip out west, and uh, there were people who were backpackers who just happened to be next to me, and they were traveling back from a backpacking trip. And of course, we had all kinds of things to share. And at some point, they said, "You ever been to the National Storytelling Festival?" And I had no clue what that was, but we uh, exchanged cards, and I ended up getting uh, together with them for dinner, and eventually they invited me to uh, to come with them to Jonesboro, Tennessee in the fall. And it's a big gathering. About 10,000 people show up to listen to stories. And for me, it was a life-changing experience because I, I one, recognized that I had been telling stories all my life. I just didn't call it that. And i had been using them both in my work. I used to run an ad agency in another lifetime, but also just as a form of play with people, as a way of engaging people. And uh, that, uh, But I also saw that this was something that I uh, had a gift for and that I wanted to be working with and doing. So um, I sold my agency soon after that and embarked on a career in story, not even knowing what that looked like. Uh, I remember sitting with my dad for, over dinner, and he said, "You're going to sell your agency and become a storyteller? Are you crazy?" And probably was a little crazy in the, ma- in the midst of that. But uh, uh, so yes, uh, so that's what I've been doing over the last three years. I've been looking at how to use story in an applied way to make a difference in people's lives. And um, my early work was actually uh, in the field of hospice. So you know, if we are sick and maybe you are dying. Uh, one way to, to discover what has this all meant, <laughs> what's this journey been about? And, uh, and one way to do that is through reminiscence and looking back over our life and to tell that story. And it gives us uh, an ability to begin to see how the pieces fit together and, and, and why we did this and made the choices we made. And, and it can be a great uh, solace to us, I think. But we don't have to wait till we're dying. To be telling our stories and to use it as a source of meaning and purpose, and so a lot of the work uh, we've been doing and I have been doing has been focused on it. Scott Live who's my uh, co-author with the book, um, this has sort of been part of his journey, but in a different way. And uh, we actually met on the on the board of the International Storytelling Center many years ago. <laughs> so, and we've been, continued this conversation all all
2: these years. You listen to i Refocus Radio talking to Richard Stone. And you also are CEO of StoryWord International. And like you said moments ago, you're using these applications to help people to use storytelling as a tool to express themselves, but more importantly have that meaning, that true meaning of, of why they're on this earth. So when it comes to your book, that you co-author with like you just said scott liban good break it down for the audience what was it that you were hoping will come across for the readers when they dive into it
1: what we don't realize is that we're all wired for story and that uh if you look around and you see we're swimming in stories (laughs) all the time Mm -hmm. Uh, we have stories about ourselves we have a story that we're always telling about to ourselves uh, it might be an uplifting story. It may be a story that pulls us down. Uh, we have stories about other people in our life and about the world in general. And these stories, um, they can either uh, expand our possibilities or they can create a very limiting world for us. And so the book is in large part about empowering people to uh, be able to see that they can become the author of their own story. And, you know, so we're, we're all born into a family and there's an ongoing, there's a story already going on there. You know, we're born into that story and, and much of what we learn about ourselves and the world comes out of those relationships we have with our family. And the question becomes as we become an adult, how can we begin to uh, see our life uh, in, a, in, a, in a light in which we can see that we are making the choices, not necessarily living out a story that someone else scripted for us. And so uh, the book really dives into this issue and looks at all the dimensions of story. And, and 2 that they're really important, I think, for our conversation today is one is to create meaning. That's one of the powers of story. And the other is to transform. So, you know, there are lots of ways we can use story to create meaning, and they're there're probably three things about uh, the creation of meaning that are really crucial in in the process of uh, of thinking about our life story and it's and one is about coherence how, how does does it all fit together what does it all mean you know and um, and so we tell stories to make sense of our life uh, and the other is to find significance and purpose in our life and so that's another facet of this is to really help us begin to see our life um, uh, is having significant purpose, and and how do we do that? And this, the book really dives into that.
2: Four in ten Americans have not yet discovered their true purpose, and over a hundred million people worldwide are constantly trying to search for meaning. And with this book, Story Intelligence it's very unique because the fact that you can read something about helping you read yourself almost and discover who you are as, as an individual, that's, that's very interesting. But when, when you were writing this book, what inspired you to, to say, you know what, this is something that people need right now. What inspired you to get that going?
1: Well, um, you know one of the things that uh, that i've found is everywhere i go and people i talk with um, people are hungry for a sense of direction and purpose in their lives and as you just stated in some of those uh, some of the statistics is that um, many of us are feel lost and and we don't have a direction and so i have found uh, through my work over the years with with story and working with people is that Story can reveal and open up doors for us, and it can uh, it can give us a window into our soul and into uh, life in general that uh, that we can't find any other way. So uh, that's that's been the focus of everything I've been working on all these last years. And with Scott, is um, is how do we develop the uh, tools to give people so that they can unlock the secrets that. Are kind of hidden away; they're buried. <laughs> you know, I, there's an old uh, quote that the uh, universe is buries jewels in the ground, <laughs> and uh, and it's our job to discover them. And those jewels are, the, are our calling and purpose. What, what's our calling and purpose? We, we we don't arrive here in this world with a manual. that's the uh, the how to manual to to live a full life. Um, we have to figure it out, and um, and so part of that is is that I think story is our native language. And if we can learn how to master story, uh, an author own story, then we are in a better position to, to forge a path that's, um, that can be fulfilling.
2: And speaking of path, so many people go through difficulties in their life. And you also touch in the book about this is a way not to just become an author of your life, but to heal some, maybe, wounds that you're still going through and yeah. trying to get through. So touch on that for the audience as well.
1: Well, that's, that's an important point here is that um, uh, th- there's actually a, a, a kind of a move in the therapeutic world it's called narrative therapy. And um, the developers of that said, you know, um, the, the real problem in our life is not the wounds we, we suffer. And we all have, at some level, had some wounding and others, uh, some of us have had some severe wounding. So it's not so much the wounds that we have uh, experienced, it's the stories we keep telling about that. And so we can continue to um, pull the past up <laughs> and re-experience it over and over again. And that's what really brings suffering in our lives. So one of the things that, that story allows you to do is to recontextualize the past. And, and what I mean by that is, is that the, the past is not something that is like a fixed event that happened we have a relationship with it. And that relationship can change over time. And uh, and sometimes the things that we, uh, in, in the moment, think are terrible uh, can actually be gifts in our life. Uh, a lot of people here listening have probably uh, seen Tolkien's The Hobbit or The Lord of the Rings, and he had a wonderful uh, phrase. He called it a catastrophe, E-U-catastrophe. And EU comes from the Greek, which means good. A good catastrophe. What is that? Well, you know, if you, um, lose your job and, and and to, in the last year, a lot of people have gone through some real difficult times. Um, you know, can it be something that actually opens up a door for you? Uh, is not necessarily the worst thing that ever happened. And sometimes we often experience that is that we, something that at the moment looked like it was terrible and catastrophic. Um, it made other things possible. It made us uh, um, stop doing what we've been doing for years and to, to be open up to, to making a shift and trying something new and maybe pursuing something that we always wanted to pursue. So if we can begin to look at our lives uh, without a severe judgment about whether something is good or bad, um, but ask the question, what's possible now? Um, a whole new doors can open up for us. So the so stories allow us to recontextualize things. Uh, my wife, uh, the other day, she's been, she's been doing a lot of reminiscing. Her dad had died. Golly, it's, it's been 40, um, more maybe, maybe 50 years ago, almost. And, uh, and she had a troubling, difficult relationship with her dad. And he was a, he was a, a very willful person. And, and, uh, and so the young woman, uh, she did not feel good about that relationship. But as uh, she's grown older and has discovered other facets about who he is, her relationship has changed with him, even though he's not around here to, to talk with her, but you know, she's having a different connection and a different kind of conversation in her head about who her father was. And, and she's developed a greater appreciation for his gifts and his positive attributes. So. We always have an opportunity in every moment to change the story about that we're telling about the past. And that's a choice. It doesn't feel that way often. It feels like that's the way it happened. and But we have a choice, and we can choose a different story.
2: Yeah, I like what you just said moments ago about we have the power to make choices that can add to our story. Because it's funny, because on the show, i mean Focus Radio, I say multiple times on the show, you know, our life is, it's a blank canvas, our actions, that's the paint that we put on the canvas, and at the mm-hmm. end of the day, that's our mark on history. So what you just said about we have the power to make choices, that, that is very true and powerful because how many times do people just say things in conversation over and over and over again? That's another way of storytelling. That's exactly a storytelling of what you are what you were describing earlier, is we Tend to hash out the same loop of negative stories or negative yeah. situations that yeah. prevent you know, us. The
1: Cleveland Clinic—I don't know how they did this—but the, yeah, years ago they, they were studying. You know, they were trying to see what we think every day, and they said about I think the seventy or eighty percent of the thoughts we have today are the same thoughts we had yesterday, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and most of them are negative. <laughs> so uh, we tend to uh, we tend to run these loops, you know and keep telling ourselves the same story over and over again. And and we can, every day, can make ourselves feel crappy over and over again. <laughs> and uh, so uh, we have to begin to see our lives with some distance. Um, there's a wonderful storyteller, uh, Sid Lieberman, who's no longer alive from Chicago, but I, I heard him once describe our life, and he, he described this as humor, but I really see it as a bigger idea. He said, humor is seeing your life from the other side of the street. And then we can kind of step outside of our story and go, God, you know, I've been telling the same story. I've been repeating the same thing over and over and over again. Is there a different story I could tell about the same circumstances that would maybe make me feel better, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and and there always is. Um, so, you know, but these things do get wired into us. And that's uh, there's a, a neurophysiologist uh, whose name was Hebe, uh, back in the 40s, he, he came up with a, con, a, a phrase, he said, neurons that fire together wire together. Hmm. And, and what he meant by that was that we lay down pattern, you know, once we do something over and over again, we sort of lay down neural pathways, and it makes it easy for us to kind of go on autopilot. You don't have to be thinking about how to brush your teeth in the, you know, at night, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you, you can do that and read the newspaper at the same time, you know. Um, and there's lots of things like that that become to sort of uh, sort of come unconscious they, they they can run in the background like software and uh that's a good thing because it makes our life easier uh the downside of that is that we can uh get stories wired in there and if you keep telling yourself the same story I mean it it's not just you have a story a story has you but it's also hardwired into you And that's why it's so difficult sometimes to see things in a new way or to create a new story. We have to, uh, step out of it. And sometimes we need some help. We need someone who's not into, who's not enmeshed in the story, you know? Uh, (laughs) they, 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 they're standing on the other side of the street and they can see a lot of things that you can't. And all you see is this little thin slice of what is, of reality that you've created with your story. So, uh, it becomes important for us to be able to take a step aside and um, and it's, you know, there's a lot of interesting devices to do that. You could say, you know, if I was somebody else, what would I? What kind of advice would I give me? <laughs> you know, we we can always see our friends and all the pickles they're in and the craziness that they're going through, and we're not in it. And we can, you know, it's real clear to us what they need to do. Um, and but it's really hard for us to do that for ourselves. So sometimes we have to trick ourselves a little bit to step outside of that story, so that we can. Begin to see with fresh eyes and see what's possible.
2: And if you just now tuning in, we are talking to Richard Stone right here on Iron Focus Radio and book that he co-authored, "Story Intelligence," alongside with Scott Life and Good. And I like what you just said because it's so true that we can get so used to giving everyone else advice that we feel like we're immune from being. Flawed, And I feel like the more we can accept the fact that we are flawed and be a little bit more humble and realize that you have more chance of growth, realizing that you're flawed. I mean, in your book, you're helping people to actually communicate better with other people, to get along with people a little bit better. And that can take a major impact into our professional lives, whether a career workplace or small business or within, within our own families.
1: Yeah, you know, and something you just said there is really important. I think is that we, we often can, um, we can put people in a box with a story about them. It's very limiting. You know, if someone does something that we that we found offensive, you know, <laughs> you know, you're driving down the road and someone's cutting in and out of traffic, and you know, and, and you can find yourself you know, saying all kinds of expletives that this person, you know, what a jerk, and, you know, he's endangering everybody, you know, so uh, he's not worthy, uh, you, know, you know, I hope he crashes and kills himself, <laughs> and whatever whatever goes through your head when, when people, you know, piss you off or something, um, that's a story, and but there's... Uh, what what if you found out and found out that this person's wife was dying in the hospital and he was trying to get there to see her? You know, suddenly you would go, oh, you'd have, you'd do something would shift your whole story about this person. He's no longer a jerk. You suddenly have some compassion for this person. And so we have to be careful also about the stories we tell about others, uh, because those also can create limits about what's possible for them. And you know, I found, you know, people who work together, sometimes for years, they, really, they, don't, know, they don't know the other person's story at all. They, they've, you know, worked next to each other. They, talk, they have lunch every day, you know, but they don't know who they are, really. They don't know their life. They don't know anything about this person's life story. You know, they talk about the latest movie and latest TV show and all the other things about out there. And uh, what I've discovered is that once we know someone's story, we never can see them quite in the same way before. You know, it changes how we relate to them. And it can actually make us a more compassionate person, and we we make a little more space for them, you know, when they're cantankerous and maybe they've had they're having a bad day, and you you just sort of you don't necessarily have to judge them as being an awful person. As you just oh, you know, something's going on with with Jane today. I don't know why she's so upset. Uh, I wonder what. Maybe I should ask her if there's something going on, and you know, usually there is, you know. <laughs> And uh, that's why she was so snippy with you. Um, Not that she's a bad person. She's got something that's very troubling going on. And and suddenly it opens the door for you and her.
2: And I would say dysfunction is is the root of ignorance. Um, I I feel like we can be so biased with ourselves
0: (laughs) that Mm -hmm. we don't Mm -hmm.
2: understand. Once again, I'm a tag. what I said earlier If we don't understand that we're all flawed, there's not one human soul on this planet who is perfect, not one. And like you said earlier, compassion is something that can be discovered through stories, because when you watch a movie, when you're watching TV shows, the best of the best and people's favorite libraries or whatever, it's because the story was so great. It's, it's not yeah. so much that they had the best camera movements or <laughs> the best costumes or photography. It, it's, it's something deeper than that. It's, it's the actual story that made it what it was.
1: Well, you know theon and uh, you could have, you know you could have a movie that's got all the uh, computer graphics and all you know it's got all that stuff, but if it doesn't have a good story, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not memorable, uh, but you can have a movie that is very simply shot. But the story, you know, it just grabs you, and uh, and you'll never forget that. And you're telling your friends, you know, you got to see this movie. It's something. It's so touching, and um, absolutely, yeah, yeah.
2: And once again, we're listening to I and Refocus Radio, talking to Richard Stone, and he co authored Story Intelligence alongside with Scott Livengood. Good. And when we are almost wrapping up this interview, but when you are seeing the opportunities of touching people's lives through written books and through your own life experience because your whole life is a story what are some the takeaways that if you look back inspire you the most
1: well i I think there are a few things i've learned about story that may be most useful for your audience is that um is that uh sitting around and telling stories is really valuable with your friends and uh there's some researchers out there in the Atlanta area who are at Emory, uh, Robin Fivush and Marshall Duke, and they've been studying uh, intergenerational storytelling and you know, what happens in the their day-to-day lives of families. And they found that the best gift you as a parent can give to your children is to share your stories. And it can be done informally. It doesn't mean you have to have a story time or anything. And it turns out that kids who know their family stories, not just the good times but also the difficult times, um those kids grow up with greater resilience and self-esteem and in fact it's the best predictor of, of children having resilience and self-esteem, high resilience and self-esteem. So um, I, th- I think the gift for me is is knowing that even just sitting around and, and reminiscing about old times and, and times when good things happened and maybe difficult things that we, we had to face and we got through, those are those are, Gems and they're invaluable, Uh, not just for us personally, but also for the generations of people who are are around us and hearing those stories because they helped create maps for them about what it means to live a good life.
2: I like that, creating maps to live a better life because we all are different, that is for sure, but our stories. They can have some similar impacts as far as overcoming something, as far as just inspiring somebody. I mean, you listening right now, you have a story, too, just like what you just heard this whole interview talking to the one and only Richard Stone. Uh, this is an opportunity for you to discover who you are and to find your path. And on the show, I'm your focus radio. We always talk about refocus every day. If you're focused, it doesn't mean you're perfect. It just means that you're on the right path to move forward. So I would suggest, highly suggest you look into this book, Story Intelligence with the authors Richard Stone and Scott Live and Good. And go visit the website. Visit storyintelligence.com. Again, that's storyintelligence.com and richard stone what else would you say to the audience and there's other news that you'd like to inform them
1: with uh well and just want to appreciate you on your show and uh actually the book launches officially on the 18th of this month march 18th and it's also on amazon and um it'll be available at a very reduced price for a couple of days on kindle 18th and 19th so if you're interested uh, please uh, please go out and get a copy and and Read it and share it with your family.
2: I did see something on the website. Are you going to have a Zoom lunch party or is that?
1: <laughs> yeah, what well, we're actually having a, uh, on the 16th, if they go to the website, they can register. I'm working with a very interesting group called Utopian. And we're going to have an international launch event. And part of it, it is going to be in uh, immersive uh, 3D virtual reality. <laughs> hmm. nice. It may be the first book book launch ever in an immersive 3D, and in fact, uh, I was on the, a call today with the people, and we're um, we're under the gun to create something pretty interesting and exciting. Uh, but people can also join to be able to join on Zoom as well, so they'll be able to see it in 2D. But uh, if you've got those immersive goggles, like Oculus goggles, you can you can come in and, and be a part of it in the 3D reality. So if they could, they can sign up for it on the website. That's on March the 16th.
2: Well, there you have it. Go to the website right now. That is storyintelligence.com, storyintelligence.com. And I want to say thank you to Richard Stone for being on Iron Refocus Radio today. And like we say on every single episode, keep God first, stay focused and peace. Today, is with Reed with IM Refocus Radio. Make sure you go to imrefocusradio.com to listen to today's episode. Once again, like we always say, keep God first, stay focused, and peace.
0: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming.